This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. time for another episode of the nerd cave retro show my name is jason robbins and my name is derek diamond so how was your week uh pretty busy i I can't remember if i mentioned this on the show last week or not and correct me if i if i did but um so the the feature got accepted into the paris film awards Mm -hmm. well the results are back and Samantha and I won the Silver Award for Best Screenplay for a Comedy. That's awesome. I won the Silver Award for Sound Design, which is crazy because I didn't really do much, (laughs) but I'll take the win. But the most important one is that Samantha won the Gold Award for Best Editing. That's awesome. Which is crazy because she's never edited a movie before, and she already (laughs) has a leg up on me in awards. So. There we go. Not to let it go to her head. It's beginner's luck. (laughs) (laughs) No, she she did a fantastic job with it. And, you know, congrats to, you know, her and everybody else for, you know, it's the first festival it got accepted into and won multiple awards. So I don't think you can have a much better start than that. Yeah, huge congratulations to both of you. Well-deserved. No, I appreciate it. And it's, I should get a few more notifications over the next like month or so. I think the, the next one I'll get, I think is for a festival in Milwaukee and I should know by March 5th or 6th. I can't remember off the top of my head, but somewhere around there, like early March. That's cool. What about you? I didn't do a whole lot this weekend. I watched the Super Bowl. And that was a uh, yeah, I did too. That was a uh, can't uh, that man that ending Twi- that was Twi- terrible. Twi- Twitter was a fun <laughs> place to be last night if you follow sports. Because here's the thing, I I don't really I what was the last I can't remember the last football game like regular game I watched. It's been years. The last Super Bowl I watched was when Lady Gaga was the halftime show, and that was what like seven oh, well, eight years ago. Yeah, that was I think that was Super Bowl fifty. Yeah, and um, so I, I have no skin in the game. Like, I'm a lifelong Saints fan, but I just don't watch football anymore. I had no dog in this fight. I don't care. But, man, when that it came, I was like, man, this is a, was a great game. Like, it was played, both teams played well. It was exciting. And I was like, man, this is coming down to, like, you know, a photo finish, man. Like, this is going to be one of the great like endings to any whoever wins this is going to be a great ending and then that horrible horrible call was made i'm like dude like that if if that does not scream that it was rigged i don't know what does yeah there were a lot of people saying that uh those refs had some money on on Kansas City <laughs> yeah. so i was like you know what this is the last NFL game I'm probably it, ever going to watch. It, it put a damper on, on it because, like you said, it was. There have been a few stinkers as far as like a lot of people watch the Super Bowl for the halftime mm-hmm. show. They'll watch it for the commercials. The, the last couple of games, though, have actually been really good. 
but I hate that it it came down to that because I feel yeah. like it tainted every because like it was one of those things where the two best teams were actually playing each other and mm-hmm. you could tell because it was so yeah. back and forth. I mean, they were both playing but, just like at like two of the best teams actually like going at one another. And it was like, holy crap, this is going to come down to the wire. And then just like the refs just handed the game to the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that is so cheap. Like that sucks. Yeah. Uh, it was like back in the day when when Vince McMahon would screw over Steve Austin. Yeah, pretty much that same. That's I think the NFL is pretty much like the the WWE these days. It's 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 all scripted. It's all like it's all done behind closed doors. Speaking of the Super Bowl, we've got to bring this up because I know we're both huge fans of the Tim Burton Batman. Oh, dude! Michael dude. Keaton is back. <laughs> I lost my mind. I don't know about you. I don't want to speak for you, but I lost my mind when I watched that trailer. I turned into a 12-year-old kid again. I was just like, it's my freaking Batman. Oh, my God. And then, of course, you know, he says the the line, and then they they hear that little snippet of the Danny Elfman score that, I'm just like, oh, my God. It's so It was so great. Oh, man. I, I, I know that they'll never do... Like a, a proper, true third Batman film with Michael Keaton, and which I, if if DC was smart, they would bring Tim Burton back to do a a, a third film in that in the the Burton verse, the true Burton verse, and do it sort of like um like with elements of you know the Dark Knight Returns things like that. Maybe they could make the third Burton verse film into uh uh. What was Batman uh, Beyond like him training a, a new Batman for that's what I would have done is make it essentially like you could call it Batman three or whatever you want to call it. But it's basically Batman Beyond like that would be the most natural thing to do. And do you know how much money that would make if they did if they brought Tim Burton back, they they brought Michael Keaton back and just made a third Burton verse Batman film dude? it wouldn't make a billion dollars the first weekend well a lot of us were talking about that you know even back in the day when after the you know george clooney batman and robin after like that kind of rebooted the whole you know, after that fiasco they rebooted it with christian <laughs> bale talk, and christopher we don't nolan talk about batman and robin here we don't we don't talk about that <laughs> well my my point is like i was thinking back then i'm like because you know batman beyond was already out that time and it was pretty popular mm-hmm. So I was like, why don't they ever bring back Michael Keaton and have him be that version of Bruce Wayne and train the next Batman would have been to me the most natural route to go. And I think they could get Tim Burton back to do it. If they, if James Gunn has all the power that they've given him and James Gunn just says, Hey Tim, come back and do whatever you want. Just make the third film. I think if they just left Tim Burton alone to be, his Tim Burtoniest, he would come back to do it. I think I'm I'm almost positive he would. I have my concerns about what they're gonna do with uh, with the DCU. Yeah, I we'll see. <laughs> yeah, because my my thing is like he said that they're gonna reboot some of the characters. I think it's one of those things you got to go all in mm. or you don't because it's gonna be weird if you recast. Batman, Superman, maybe Aquaman, 
but you still keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, or you decide to keep Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Like, I think that would just be too confusing to people. So that's, that's why I think they just have to go all in with it and just recast everybody. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. And I I think that's why he's they're They're doing this flash movie is because it is going to create a whole new universe for James Gunn to work in to where they could say all that stuff is connected. The stuff that came in the past, you know, is part of the DC universe it just it happened in a separate universe and they're still keeping the uh robert pattinson batman they're calling it like the dc elseworlds yeah where it'll be that and then the the sequel to joker which i don't think should be made but i think i knew as soon as as soon as it made good money they were they couldn't help themselves they should put those kind of tags on those movies and treat the movies like comic books. Call it DC Elseworlds, uh, colon, you know, Batman, whatever, or Joker, whatever. Like those kind of one-offs. Call them DC Elseworlds. Like, why not? People will understand that. Axeblade in the chat says, just give me the Swamp Thing horror film right now. I don't want to... Yeah, that that would be really good. Yes. And have Batman uh, make a cameo in it. Like I'm have, all for it. Do the story where Swamp Thing took over Gotham. Like I, ooh, I don't remember the the. I think um, who wrote that one? That was uh, oh crap! I What's can't his remember. Name? Uh, oh man, he's one of the greatest comic book writers of all time. Uh, he's Scottish. What? Uh, somebody help me out. Uh, let's see. Uh. It wasn't Alan Moore, was it? No, it wasn't Alan Moore. Well, that's a good run, too. That's that's a great run of Swamp Thing. Is it Lynn Wynn? No, not Lynn Wynn. He's still he still writes comics and he's uh he's Scottish. Uh what's his name? I'm sure somebody will tell us on Twitter tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Wally's sitting there <laughs> screaming at us right now as he's listening Probably. to this. <laughs> uh that would be a fun video series. Wally live reacts to Grant Cave Retro. Morrison is his name. Grant oh, Morrison. Okay, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. That would be so good. I'd be down with it. Train rolling in the background. That's time. That means it's time to go into the news. What do you say? Let's do it. Here we go. Stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson and I am the Rampage. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, please send them to NerdCaveRetro at gmail.com. And the first story up tonight is from NintendoEverything.com. The Switch outsells Game Boy and PS4, now the third best-selling gaming system ever. Based on the latest sales data provided by Nintendo, Switch has now become the third best-selling gaming system of all time. Total sales of the console now stand at 122.55 million, according to the company's newest financial results. Having reached that mark, Switch has outsold the Game Boy and PlayStation 4, which stand at 118.6 million units and 117.2 million, respectively. Uh, It will be six years old in March, managed to reach a number of milestones through its life cycle. Uh, Last February, it outsold the Wii and the original PlayStation, It has done better than all of Nintendo's other platforms, 3DS, Wii U, GameCube, N64, SNES, and NES. It uh, has two remaining systems in its sights, but it remains to be seen if they'll outsell 
the DS and the PlayStation 2, which have sold more than 100 and f- over 150 million units each. That's a lot of freaking units. That's going to be a pretty tall order to to top either of those two. But the fact that it's in the top three, I think, is extremely impressive. Like, I, I don't think anybody expected the Switch to sell this well. I certainly didn't. I, I thought it would do better than the Wii U, and that's not saying a lot, but I thought it would be successful, but not not to this level. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of our listeners hate on the Switch, uh, <laughs> except Axeblade. He's in the chat room. He says the Switch is a beast, and I agree. The Switch is a great system. Um, but it is starting to show its age, and uh, I hope the next system they come out with is a little more like uh, um, the what is the new thing? The Steam Deck. Yeah, it's a little more like the Steam Deck this next go around. I hope the screen is is as big as the OLED screen. I I, I hope they stick with the hybrid model of handheld and console. I think that's a great thing for Nintendo to stick with. But no, with knowing them, there's no telling what they're gonna do next. But if they do go with the same sort of format, I do hope it's way more powerful than what the current Switch is. They should call it the Super Nintendo Switch. They should. And I get here and I'm going to be a to make, cool throwback if they did. I'm going to make a prediction right now and Wally is going to say no, but you watch. I've had one prediction come true recently and I have another prediction to make right now. The next iteration of Nintendo, whatever console they come out with next, is going to have Game Pass on it. You will be able to play Game Pass games on the next Nintendo console. That would be mind-blowing if that happened. I hope you're right. I hope for, you know, Watch. all gamers' sake. What, what what episode is this? 311. Episode 311. Mark it down, Rampage. Wally's not here in the chat room. Rampage, mark <laughs> Rampage it down. Said, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. Axeblade says that um, he says it wants more power because um, it has bad. Well, he he said a little more colorfully, but it's a bad battery life. And I do agree with that. I have an early um, I have an early uh, version of the switch. I bought mine in early 2017 and it does tend to go dead pretty quickly. I have to keep mm-hmm. it plugged in uh, most of the time while I'm playing it because it a constant playing it'll go dead in about two and a half to three hours that's about where mine's at too because i i got mine you know the the day it launched so it's it's fun but it's still good it's a great system let's see next story comes to us from nintendolife.com professor layton and the new world of steam is bringing the puzzle franchise back to switch In a twist of fate that none of us saw coming, the Nintendo Direct Showcase, which we'll get to uh, pretty extensively here in a few minutes, featured an announcement for the return of our most beloved detective in a teaser for Professor Layton and the New World of Steam. There is very little that we know about the title for the moment, apart from it that is a level five, is from level five. It stars Professor Herschel Layton, and it is seemingly coming out west. All of these things may appear obvious, it's true, but when you bear in mind the fact that Level 5 has recently been closing global branches due to financial difficulties and subsequently limiting its international releases, this is a huge surprise. Uh, There's a trailer uh, on Nintendo of America's Twitter page. Uh, 
I've never played any of these games. I have a couple of friends that have, mm-hmm. and they speak very highly of them. Yeah, I hear so nothing but I, praise for these games, but me personally, I've never played them. Yeah, I'm I'm curious about them myself. Um, I, I want to say they were originally for the DS and the 3DS when they came out. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but... I, I don't know. I can't speak from experience. I've never played any, any of them, but I, I saw this, this got a lot of positive feedback and a lot of praise from fans yeah, I know people with are gonna, uh, this or, franchise being back. So yeah, be pretty excited about this coming back. I, I I mean, it would be something I'd like to check out. I do love puzzle games, so this might be yeah. something I might want to check out when it drops. Yeah, and, same. Um, for the next stories, I kind of smashed three stories together. Um, I know it's been a week, but and I, I actually thought about doing a, a news dump for the patrons with this news with, with Wally, but I was like, you know what? We're going to talk about this stuff on the show anyway, so I'm just going to save it. But uh, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Direct that came out last week. Uh, this article's from IGN. Uh, this everything that was announced, including The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, le- of course, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom got a new gameplay trailer which I personally thought was exciting. I, I am going to play this when it drops, but my only thing is is I really hope they took out that whole weapons-breaking mechanic because that sucked. I'm very curious. Like, I, Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited for this game. I'm a huge Breath of the Wild fan. Oh, (laughs) Wally's here. Game Pass will never be on. We didn't even have to wait for Twitter. I know. Wally's here. He got summoned. (laughs) Yeah. Speak his his name and he will appear. Uh, I think we did say it three times. So we we summoned him. But uh, no, back to to Zelda. Um, Obviously, I'm excited for it. There's a possibility that it may get delayed. I hope it does not Hmm. because they've just been promoting this may release date for quite a while now um i i hope it's ready by may 12th i'm getting it day one i'm probably not going to get the collector's edition because that kind of underwhelmed me if i'm being honest all it really comes with is a steel book um it comes with i think four pens and something else but i was like ah it's uh, it's it's fine like there wasn't really anything that jumped out at me i don't um, think they'll delay it and nintendo's not known for for really delaying things especially when they have a hard uh release date like they did i'm very curious what they do with this game from a story standpoint because it looks like they're incorporating elements of skyward sword because elements of hyrule are now floating in midair there's this corpse that's beneath hyrule castle which if you're a Zelda fan, you know, is more than likely Ganondorf. Mm-hmm. So how, how does he come back to life? How does the whole Calamity Ganon situation come into play? So I'm very curious about it from a story standpoint. It's going to be a little more expensive than your normal game. It's going to be 70 bucks. I'm still buying it. I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ten extra dollars. And, and so yeah, Wally said Zelda will have weapon degrading. Even if they do, all I need is a way to repair them. If they just give me a, a way to take go into town and have them repaired, I'm fine with that. But just having weapons break and explode 
and leaving you defenseless when you're in the middle of a shrine, that sucked. And I and they have to know that that sucked. And I hope they bring the dungeons back too. Yeah, dungeons would be good. Yeah, yeah. microtransactions to repair. I don't think <laughs> that's an EA thing. I don't think Nintendo would ever do that. But EA would. If if Zelda was an EA property, you'd be damn sure they would have microtransactions. Oh, they they would have done that like two generations ago. <laughs> also, Metroid Prime re- re- Metroid Prime Metroid Prime Remastered dropped onto the Switch the same day of the the direct. Um, I do have it in my wish list right now. I'm going to buy it as soon as possible. I'm going to get the physical edition once it's out, which will be the 22nd of this month. So not, not really too much longer to wait. This was a nice surprise. I know we've been wanting anything Metroid for some time now, and I love Metroid Prime, the original game. So you can bet that I'm going to be getting this as soon as I can. I think that's what I'm going to do too. I'm going to get the physical copy of it because just uh, we've been asking for this. I've been waiting for this. This is the game I've been wanting to play a remastered version of. So I'm getting it 100%. Yeah, same. Uh, Also, this is one of your favorite games. Pikmin 4 uh, release date was revealed alongside an adorable dog helper. Yeah, the dog was kind of a surprise. Um, It's obviously a new element to the Pikmin franchise. I'm stoked that they're doing a fourth game. Um, The third one wasn't as good as one and two, in my opinion, but it wasn't horrible enough to where I'd want them to kill off the franchise. Um, I still think Pikmin's one of the most underrated Nintendo franchises that they have. I'm so glad that they're revisiting it. Um, There's Ice Pikmin that are being added and now you have this this dog-like creature that will i'm sure it'll it'll count you know because you can only have a certain number of pikmin out in the field with you so it's probably the equivalent to like 10 to 20 pikmin and obviously like it can pick up heavier objects whereas it would take like 10 pikmin to carry something it just takes the dog itself to be able to carry it so i i think that'll be enough to give like a different feel and a nice addition to the franchise. So I'm, I'm stoked for Pikmin four. Some of the other ones I'm going to go through real quick before we get to the other big ones that dropped. We have advanced wars one and two boot camp. People been waiting for that. Uh, Mario Kart eight deluxe booster course pass wave four Add Yoshi's Island and Birdo. That's cool. I didn't. I didn't know Birdo wasn't in the game. Like, I just seems like something that's always been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Splatoon three expansion pass. Uh, we'll take Inklings back to Splatoon one's Inkopolis. Kirby's that's return cool. to Dreamland Deluxe gets a new trailer and demo ahead of its tw- February twenty fourth release date. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three expansion pass adds a new hero and more tough challenges. Fire Emblem engages new DLC. Uh, and also Disney Illusion Island will bring Disney Magic to the Switch this July. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 demo uh, was dropped on the 8th. Uh, Bayonetta Origins Cereza, Cereza, is that how you pronounce it? Cereza? And The Lost Demon gets a new gameplay trailer, and of course Dead Cells Return to Castlevania gets a new look ahead of its March 6th release date. And now we go to thing I know we both want to talk about 
things we've been asking Nintendo for this whole time. They dropped on us the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance online to the Nintendo Switch online service. Now, that was the thing that got me to say, okay, I will do this. Yeah, and I've been saying if they added Game Boy games that I would do it. And like you, I did it. I, I added the expansion pack. And honestly, I'm happy that I did. Here's the, my I've, I've been. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that I've been playing, for the most part, I, I played a lot of Tetris because it has the Game Boy version of it, the one that I grew up playing. So I've been playing that a lot. And then I've went back and started Banjo-Kazooie again. It actually doesn't play that badly. So I don't know if they went back and, and fixed something or if just the reports of yeah. the N64 games not playing as well were exaggerated. But I haven't had any issues with it personally. My biggest gripe with this stuff, uh, especially when they dropped the Game Boy, Game Boy Advance stuff, the other the N64 stuff worked pretty good. I played some F-Zero 64 the other night. I played it for a while. That game is actually really good, better than I remember. Um, But when Nintendo, they listened to us, and they dropped this stuff on us, like just out of the blue. We weren't, we were like, Nintendo's never going to do it. And they did it. They're like, oh yeah, here. And they just dropped it on the table right in front of us. What do you think now? I'm like, okay, here's my, you know, other $40 on top of the 20 I already paid for the year. They got me. They got me. And I told them, I, told, I said, Nintendo, if you do this, you got my money. They did it and they got my money, but it still feels like, when you go in there and you see the list of games that are in there, it's like, Nintendo, why do you always feel the need to do the least minimum? <laughs> like, there should be an entire library of stuff ready to go in there. But you go in, there's like six games. I'm like, I like it. I like these games, but there's just, it feels like they're just kind of like, they, they just give you this little, like the least amount of stuff they can do. And I don't trust them enough to add to those libraries on a consistent basis like they said they were going to do. And they just kind of just left like they did with the Nintendo and Super Nintendo online service. They gave you this great stuff. And they're like, oh, we're going to have games out every single month for it. And then like three months went by. And then they're like, eh, we, ah, whatever. We're just going to leave that over there. And see, like, I, I'm I'm with you, but I would have no problem if they wouldn't release everything. If they said like once a month, we'll release a batch of Super Nintendo games or Nintendo, whatever the case may be. But they haven't done it. I don't think they've added anything to Super Nintendo in like a year and a half. It's been a while. Uh, the last time I opened the apps, um, they did drop a couple of new games for the Nintendo service, but it was like just a couple of games and it wasn't really anything that was like mind bending. <laughs> it was like, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3 special edition and then like a yeah. couple other things. It's like, eh, all right. I will say I I do like the Game Boy games that they have added. I just hope that they they've they've announced some other ones like I know they're going to be releasing the the Zelda Oracle games at some point but I just hope that it's actually soon and not like a year and a half from now what Nintendo needs to do they just need to have like a team of like five people 
That's all they need is like five people to just take care of the, you know, the old services online, the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the N64, and now the Game Boy libraries. And just these five people, I mean, these games are already emulated. They know how to emulate this stuff. Just go through every month and put like five new games on each one. Every single month until you have just an infinite library of old stuff to play. Why Nintendo doesn't do... It's not like they don't have the money. You know they have... Nintendo has enough money for the next like 50,000 years. Like they have all the money. Next to like Apple. Like they have all the money. Them, Apple, and Elon Musk. The three of those, they they have all the money that's ever existed. They should fund our next movies. Yeah, they they should. And all they could write us a check, <laughs> Nintendo. Just give us a check for like five hundred grand. We could do a lot with that money. Or just make it a cool million. You got it. Just give us a cool million. Write it out to Nerd Cave Retro. We'll cash it. Yeah. We'll just split it right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's all good. I but. could I could retire <laughs> off that. Uh, who am I kidding? I couldn't retire off. I that. am not overestimating Nintendo's net worth there, Wally. They, dude, they have the third best-selling system of all time. Don't tell me they don't have money. Uh, and they by still the way, sell, I, I would. They're still selling Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild for sixty bucks. Like every game that was a launch game for the Switch is still full price. Don't tell me they don't have money. Here. You guys need to save this for the Pensacon panel. <laughs> this is great content. But by, uh, by the way, I, I love uh, Axe Blade's idea about uh, setting Wally up at a local college with a sign yeah. that says Nintendo Switch sucks. I, I will fully support that. I'm going to, I think it would be great. I'm going to Photoshop that meme later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's all I got to say about the, uh, the, the Nintendo Direct. Um, I have a feeling. And uh, I told somebody this on Twitter the other day. I think this is probably the last Direct that we're going to get that doesn't announce a new console. I think they're going to announce a new console in the next Nintendo Direct later this year. So you're thinking around the holidays? Yeah, I, I think it'll prob- they'll prob- they're going to drop a new system on us uh, first quarter next year. Or sometime next year, they're going to have a new console out for us. We'll see. We will see. We we will see. But um, actually, we're running kind of late. So you want to just uh, you want to save video game history until next week? Sure. But uh, before we do that, before we we're gonna skip, we're gonna we're gonna save video game history until next week. But before we go into the review for tonight, Derek, you want to do our Patreon shout outs? Oh, real quick, Wally looked it up. They they rank six twenty. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. That 620 of the top businesses in the world. Like, we're not even, like, in the top 620 podcasts in the world. Just think about that for a second. You're, like, saying they're not in Fortune 500 company, but they're still number 620 in the world. That still means they have more money than they, they know what to do with. I like to think we're at least 621. Yeah, we're probably around there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I thought I, I had to throw that little nugget Actually, in there. Actually, we but are I, in the top 90%, though, or something like that. Or not 90 or in like the top 15% of all podcasts in the world, which ain't bad. No, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, we're up there. Yeah. 
Anyway, we like to give an awesome shout out to our patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out John West, Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image himself, and Mama Diamond, a.k.a. Donna Diamond. Mama Diamond. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show. And we have gotten back up to the $50 level. Yes. So we got to figure out a, uh, figure out a commentary track. Um, since we're going to do it, we're, we're going to have to wait and do it till after Pensacon because it's going to get real busy here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll do the commentary after Pensacon, but I might put up a, a Patreon poll. So I will ask, uh, Wally and Derek, what we would, what we should commentate on. We'll each pick something and then I'll put it up as a poll on Patreon. I like that. But yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll get back to doing those commentary tracks. Uh, you can check out in the archive, some of the numerous ones that we've done that include transformers, the movie, uh, clue national lampoons, Christmas vacation, animated shows like Batman, gargoyles, Darkwing duck, the list is near endless of what we've done. And now that we're back to the $50 level, we will add more to that, uh, that who's who of commentary tracks that we've done. So for new patrons, send us your social media info, either on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. And if you want to sign up for as little as a dollar a month, head over to patreon.com slash Retro. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And tonight I will be talking about... a side-scrolling action game for the NES, developed by Natsume and published by Jellico in North America in 1991 and Europe in 1992. It was originally released by Angel, uh, which is Bandai, in Japan in 91 as a licensed game for the Famicom uh, based on the live-action superhero series Super Rescue Soul Brain, which I have never seen but I would love to find an old episode to check out. It's a great title. If I could find an episode, maybe we should uh, do a commentary on that. <laughs> do that. <yeah. laughs> uh, the plot for the game is set in the year 2030. A group of military renegades known as Metal Command, uh, led by the General Gus Grover, are seeking to conquer the world by building an army of cyborg soldiers. Steve Herman, that's a heroic name right there. 
Mm -hmm. A young police officer from the Bronx ends up losing both of his arms during a skirmish with members of Metal Command. After the incident, he is offered two specially developed cybernetic arms developed by the Law and Order Regulatory Division, or LORD for short, to replace the ones he lost. Herman accepts the offer and becomes an agent codenamed Shatterhand, who is now tasked with the mission to defeat Metal Command. Now, if that isn't a plot that makes you want to play this game, I don't know what is. Then you can just stop listening to the episode because yeah. we can't help you. <laughs> uh, about this game, I don't know if you remember, uh, Derek. I do remember this game making the cover of Nintendo Power uh, when it came out back in 1991. And it looked really cool. I wanted to play this game, but I was in... This was when the Super Nintendo dropped. Um, what what month did this... Yeah, this came out uh, in December of 91, you know what else came out in December of 91? The Super Nintendo came out in December of 91. And, uh, yeah, I, w <clears throat> I was not... Uh, I did not care about my Nintendo at that point. But if I knew at the time how awesome this game was, I would have went ahead and picked up a copy of this. Because coming to this game, not ever really played it before... I mean, I do remember the Nintendo Power issue. I remember reading about it, but I never played it. I, if you just came into this game, like, just fresh and saw it, you would think it was an SNES game because the graphics on the game are that good. They are next level for the Nintendo. And how they managed to get that amount of color, um, parallax, background scrolling, the amount of enemies on the screen... Uh, the particle, you know, stuff that that's going on in the game. I don't know how they managed to do it without any slowdown on the NES. I just, I don't know how they did it. First of all, I want to point out that this game takes place in 2030. Yeah, that's only we're seven. Se we're seven years <laughs> away from from that happening. So, uh, react to that however you will. So maybe I can um, get cybernetic uh, arms in seven years. This, this seems like this would have been an adaptation of like a early to mid eighties action movie. Oh yeah. I, dude, if this would have been a movie and the, if they would have made a movie to go along with this, I mean, John Claude Van Damme, he's your guy. I think so. Yes. Yeah, so that, that was my, my first thought whenever I saw the, the artwork and then I watched some gameplay, and it, it looks like it plays really well. I've never played it, so I can't tell you firsthand, but I, I thought the same, too, about the graphics, that it's, like, slightly below Super Nintendo. Like, it's really pushing the hardware limit of the NES, which yeah. was really impressive to me. And I don't know if they somehow put some kind of extra chip into the, the, the cartridge or what they did to make this game look the way it did because it, it, this is top tier Nintendo game like the the amount of power that Jalico was was able to squeeze out of the NES for this game is amazing mhm mm and the music the music is konami yeah, level I like the music good. a lot it's so good they had to have put extra chips into the cartridges themselves to do what this game did they had to. I could actually go for some chips right now. Yeah, chips sound good. 
the hit detection on this game is excellent. It um it reminds this game reminded me a lot of the Batman game, uh, as far as like the punching, and and the moving and the the. Uh, during the game, you can't really do the the Batman grabs like the Ninja Gaiden grabs, but you can jump on fences and grab them. There are like uh, chain link fences uh, that litter the uh, the levels, and you can jump up and grab onto the fences to to kind of climb up and get to do the platforming and stuff like that. Get where you need to go. Um, so it's a little different like that, but at the same time, it really did feel like the Batman game was a big inspiration for this particular game. Yeah, I, I would say so. The The backgrounds and the, kind of the way everything looked, and I, I could be wrong, but I had got a little bit of a double dragon feel whenever I saw, like, the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the backgrounds. Like, th- that's some of the... When I was playing this game, I died a lot because I was too busy looking at the backgrounds and looking at the the just the sheer artistry of this game. Like I wanted to know what like there's so much to look at. It's crazy. Like you look at a lot of those early Nintendo games, and it's just like a solid blue. Like even back at like Super Mario Brothers two, like you go to Super Mario Brothers two, it's just a plain blue background. I mean, it's pretty to look at, but. You know, it's a nice color, but that's it. There's maybe a few clouds here and there. But this was like, they had probably had separate artists just working on backgrounds in this game. Yeah, you could tell a lot of detail went into this, and that's which the, I, I, I think is, it only helps the game. And that's the thing about, we've talked about this before. I, other than the the pinball game that I played that was a Jalico title, I don't think I've played a bad Jalico game yet for the Nintendo. And, you know, they've made some great games for the system. They played, they made this, they made Astronax, they they did all the Basis Loaded series. And it makes me wonder, like, if they were so good at these games and what they did for the Nintendo, why are they not in the same breath as companies like, you know, of course, Nintendo, uh, Capcom, Konami, and it hit me is because they didn't have that that franchise, you know, that one particular franchise that made them stand out amongst everything. Like, you know, Capcom had Mega Man, Konami had Castlevania, and, and a host of other, you know, the, the Contra games like that. Jalico really didn't have that franchise, you know, flagship title. And this, if I, I feel like if this game would have came out two years prior, or hell, even one year prior, this would have been a strong contender to be a franchise for Jalico. Well, it could have been one of those, like, you know, I, I've used Conker's Bad Fur Day as an example that came out during the last leg of the Nintendo 64. This could have been that last great NES title. Yeah, and and the thing is, like when it came out, of course, like I said, it came out in December of '91. Super Nintendo was coming out at that time. People were jumping ship to the Super Nintendo. That it was tough to to gain any footing from that point on on the Nintendo because Nintendo became your little brother's console at that point. You know. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, when the Super Nintendo came out, I was like, because I, I never owned an NES, 
but and I've told the story about how I used to play it at my aunt's house. But yeah. when when the Super Nintendo came out, like that was my focus because it, it just took everything to no pun intended, but the next level. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame too because this is the era of Nintendo games that where companies were really pushing the limits of the the Nintendo and making great games. Like you had this, you had uh, uh, you know Ninja Gaiden two and three. Um, uh, Panic Restaurant, little little Samson games like that, which are now games that are super expensive because they didn't make that many of them, but they were excellent games that were just far and beyond anything that came before them. But mm-hmm. of course, the Super Nintendo was out, so nobody gave a crap anymore. Yep. And uh, let's see, I did say I died a lot but the deaths in the game never felt cheap. It always felt like this game is Nintendo hard, but it's also, uh, it's all about, um, just going through again and again and trying to get a little further, a little better the next time you go through, which is cool because this game had unlimited continues. Well, that's surprising. And it's the only way you're going to get through the game. <laughs> it's yeah. unlimited continues and memorization is how you get through the game. But there are games that are much more evil than that. Oh, yeah. But like I said, it the, the deaths never felt cheap. It just felt like, man, this is a difficult spot to get through. So I, I have now I know what to do the next time I go through here. And it's not, you know, it's not over and over again like Super Meat Boy, but it is like. You know, you get your three lives, you go through, and if you die, you hit continue and you start back at the beginning of the level. And, you know, it's it's not that bad because the levels are relatively short. Mm-hmm. Um, level selection, is, of course, is re- very reminiscent of the Mega Man titles. You, you start, at, you always start <clears throat> at the on the first board up, and you defeat the first boss. It's the same every time. Once you get past that first boss, then you have your choice of five different levels to go to. So you kind of have a, a different path to take every time you play the game, which I like that kind of stuff where you can kind of choose your path through the game, how you want to get through it. Yeah, it's like those old choose-your-adventure novels. Yeah, exactly. So your playthrough is never the same twice. Um, and the music and sound effects are stellar. Only Konami was able to get the type of music layers on the NES by putting extra sound chips into their cartridges, and I have a feeling that Jalico did the same. I could listen to the music all day. It's the best of the best for the, the, for the regular Nintendo. It's the thing that stood out to me the most about the game was just hearing the soundtrack. Because, like, you know, I had it on while I was at work in the background, and I would just, like, glance over and I'd watch for, like, a minute or so, and then kind of resume working but the music kept drawing me back into it and one of the coolest things about this game is you get these things called helper bots um you go through the game yeah those are cool there are these boxes that you punch and that's another thing about memorization going through the game is sometimes some of the boxes have grenades some of the you avoid those because you'll you know get hurt uh some of them have coins which you can use at certain spots throughout the game. <clears throat> There's these uh, platforms that you stand on, and it'll say like 300 on the platform. And you stand on it, and you press down and punch, 
and you can heal yourself all the way up for like 300 coins or 300 points or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, some will say like a hundred or, you know, it's just a way to, to get, to get through the levels, um, by, you know, filling your health meter back up. But the helper bots is you hit these, uh, boxes and they'll give you, uh, these, uh, little tokens or tiles or whatever. And they have Greek symbols on them for alpha and beta. Now there's like 12 or 15 different combinations you can make with the alpha and beta. And every time you punch it, it'll change between alpha and beta. And I went through the first couple of times through the game, just kind of seeing what combinations I could get at, at, you know, every time you get three, you get a helper bot. And each time you do a different combination is a different helper bot. And you, they do all kind of different stuff. Like one has a samurai sword. One, uh, some of them have like, uh, like the, my favorite one was the bounce bot. And then after I looked up the, the chart online for the, the walkthrough, it gives you a chart of what all the different combinations do. And there's one called a bounce bot. And it just bounces, you know, like saw blades or whatever around the screen and kills whatever's in its path, which makes the game so much easier when you get the helper bots because you can use the helper bot also <coughs> to lift you up to certain levels that, you know, they can just kind of float you up in the air and take you where you need to go, which is a really cool mechanic in a game like this. I like that they have a variety of bots too. Like oh, you don't yeah. just have this, the same one. Now, granted, I would take the one if that was the only option, but the fact that they added more was, was really cool. Like I thought that was a cool dynamic. Yeah. I mean, some are better than others. Um, some of them aren't really that great, but like I said, there's some like the one with the samurai sword, the, the bounce, there's a couple of different ones that are sort of like the bounce bot where it's like, it just shoots out these, you know, big, like to have one that shoots lasers one that shoots, like I said, like the saw blades and bounces all over the screen. Like those are some of the better ones to have because you can kind of put, put him in a position where he'll bounce the ball up and you can hit like there's uh machinery in the game where like these things will be like up underneath a, a, a platform that are releasing these bots that fly after you and you can put that your helper bot in a position to where he bounces like the, the saw blade up into it where you would normally have to do like some creative, like jumping and punching to, to make that thing go away. But with the helper bot, you just sit there and spam it until it just finally explodes and goes away. Like stuff like that. They just make the game just that much more enjoyable. Yeah. But I don't have much more to say about the game other than, you know, the it's one of the better Nintendo games ever. Like, I think this probably would go into a top 10 list of 10 best Nintendo games because wow, there's not much wrong with this game. The hit detection's great. The, the character animations are awesome. Like, it's just a pretty game to look at. It's got great music. Sound effects are awesome. There's not a lot of slowdown. And stuff like that. Like, it's just a really smooth experience. Even though the game is difficult. But it's... I say it's... It's challenging. It's not... 
pull your hair out hard, like rage quit hard. It's it's just challenging. It's always good to find like a I don't want to say this game's totally obscure, but like a more of an unknown gem that was at the end of the towards the end of the NES's lifespan. Yeah. And and have something good to talk about. Here's some of the uh the the helper bots I uh, see here. Uh there's the Yobo bot fires a large bouncing ball that retracts like a yo-yo. Uh laser bot <coughs> of course fires a laser beam. Sword bot swings a lethal sword. Rickabot fires balls that ricochet. Grenade bot fires grenades. Pyro bot shoots a long flame. Uh yo-yo bot uh fires a ball that retracts like a yo-yo and then the bounce bot fires a bouncing ball. So I love that they have the, so many good options. Yes, yeah, so it's, so it's, it's kind of like once you kind of, and it gives you the look, the combination here. If you look on the Wikipedia page, it gives you a list of the combinations to use to get the different bots. So if you play this game, that's an easy way to to get whatever bots that you feel help you the most. Yeah. But I like this game a lot. I have not a whole lot bad to say about it. Really nothing bad to say about it. It's another great Jalico game that deserves another look. And it I, I wish Nintendo would put this on the uh the Nintendo online and give people a chance to play it. So what number score would you give it? Um out of ten, sorry, I had I keep I got a tickle in my throat tonight. Um out of ten, I'm gonna give this one a solid nine. Oh wow! Yeah, this is up there as one of That's the better, better Nintendo games out there. Um, and if you want to play it, you could do what I did and you know rip a ROM off of your your Nintendo cartridge, or you could go to eBay. Which let's let's just take a quick look what Shatterhand's going for these days. I, I'm pretty sure this one's a uh, one of those titles that is yeah. Here we go, Shatterhand NES. Uh, not that bad. You can get one, um, buy it now for $68. It looks like they run anywhere between roughly about $75. Yeah, you can buy it now for $75. So, it's a little expensive, but honestly, I think it's worth it. I might actually go ahead and get one of these. Okay. I dig it. No, that's awesome. I wish I could find one of these in the wild. That'd be nice. Maybe one day. I, I would definitely know. say check it out if, you, if you've never played it before. It's a really good game. And uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about it. I dig it. But uh, before we leave out of here this evening, let's go ahead and tell people, uh, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash nerdcaveretro. We will play them on the show. And we do have Pensacon coming up in a few weeks. And Derek, you want to tell everybody where our panels are going to be? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Pensacon is well in in two weeks now, which is crazy. Uh, it's February twenty fourth through the twenty sixth. Our panels will uh, both be on Saturday, February twenty fifth. Uh, first up, we'll have the Nerd Cave Retro panel uh, at eleven a.m. at the right place in room number four. And then just a short while after that, we'll have Defending Bad Movies 4 that will be at 1.30 in the right place, Room 3. If you're not able to make it, we will record both panels. 
The Nerd Cave Retro panel obviously will air as an episode of this show, and then Defending Bad Movies 4 will air as an episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. So if you can't make it, you'll get to to hear or watch both panels. So I'm looking forward to them. The panels are always fun. Um, I'm going to be moderating some other panels as well. I'm going to post my uh, schedule out this week. So it'll it'll be a busy weekend, but it'll be a fun one. And uh, tell us <clears throat> what's going on with the Derek Diamond experience before we get out of here. So funny enough, uh, the show's been back now for about a month and a half. And up until this week, I had yet to do a one-on-one interview. Like they've all been either ensembles or top five list. Uh, I got to chat with uh, an author and screenwriter uh, based out of Santa Monica named Daniel Carey. Um, He actually wrote a really good book called Screenwriting Tribe. And I'm actually, I've got a copy of it right here. It's 500 pages, but it is an amazing script writing book. Um, So I got to read it before uh, I talked with him last week. So uh, you can check out that episode is out now on YouTube and all your major podcasting platforms. Just head over to linktree.com slash D diamond podcast, find everything you need. And uh, go check out the Open Micers podcast at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. Last week, we talked with comedian Jess Salomon. She's been on uh, the, the Tonight Show. She's got her own album out, everything. Go check her out. It was a really funny episode with her. And tonight, we're going to be talking with Michael Jammin, uh, who's coming on this week. He's a screenwriter who has written on TV shows like King of the Hill, Rules of Engagement, Wilfred, and much much more. So go check us out at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram. So is there anything else before we leave this evening? I don't think so. I think we're good. All right. Let me play our music and we can walk out the door. If you would like to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. That includes our Facebook, our Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon, and our merch shop, which you can go to ncrmerch.com. You can get t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, and whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us on social media at nerdcaveretro at jpunk and at Derek underscore Diamond. Leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. And go to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and go buy some coffee. We have our own coffee now. Go get some. And Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza.